Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pop pal, Phil. What to do, baby? And we got some actual hoop to talk about. Nights one and two in the league are in the books. We got some teams to discuss. We got some games to talk. I'm ready to get into it. You good, Phil? Oh, I'm more than good. We we got hoops back. We're we're thriving. All right, so let's start out with the two games from Tuesday night, the opening night slate. We had Nets Warriors, then the nightcap Clippers Lakers. Let's start with that first game, Phil. I got a little bit more to talk about in that first game, uh, but yeah, we yeah. saw the Nets at the full strength for the first time. We saw the Warriors in however they're looking for the first time. I got a lot to say about honestly both teams, but. I'll let you lead it off. What were initial reactions? Obviously, we're not going to make crazy statements based off of one game, but I think there's some things to take away. What were your big thoughts coming out of this first contest? Yeah, I mean, you kind of think like there's a lot of stuff going from both sides. For me, I thought it was more of an indictment on how weak the Warriors may look this year as opposed to how strong the Nets are. I think the Nets are kind of in that upper echelon tier with the Clippers, Lakers, and I don't know if you maybe Bucks, whatever. But I think it's just kind of showing that the Warriors are definitely a few pegs lower. Kelly Oubre is not Clay Thompson, as even though they really hope he is. Andrew Wiggins is not the second coming of Harrison Bonds, but it's just going to be a little funky. I'm sure the Warriors will put it together at some point, but probably first 10, 15 games might be rocky. Yeah, so obviously not. A- a good showing for the Warriors. It ended up being a 26 point game, but honestly, this game was done midway through the third quarter. It, it felt like a, it felt like a 40 yeah. point game. Kyrie Irving was like plus 30 in 25 minutes scoring 26 points. KD was himself for the most part. I'm, I'm going to start yeah. with the Warriors though, before we talk nets, you know, I was, Higher than some people, I think, on the Warriors. I have them as my seventh best team in the West. And I'm not going to back off of that prediction. But, man, that game looked a lot like the games we saw last year to start the season when Curry was playing and they got blown out a couple times. I think it was only five games Curry played in, but they were pretty ugly. And they bring Oubre into the fold. Wiggins, you think, would take some kind of a step. But at this point, I'm I'm just... And and Draymond. Yeah, Draymond missing, which is definitely important. He wasn't there. Especially with spacing for Wiseman. But But offensively, it was just a struggle for the Warriors. I mean, Curry didn't play great. He missed some shots that he makes. But at the same time, it is just so hard for him. I mean, there is nobody else taking the pressure off of him. Not a single ball handler that was able to penetrate the defense. Nobody making any tough shots. And Wiggins and Oubre definitely missed more shots than they usually will. I mean, Oubre's not a great three-point right. shooter, but he was over six on pretty good looks. It's not going to happen all the time. So, obviously, it's not going to be as bad as that. But, yeah, Phil, I got a lot of question marks about just who is going to be able to handle the ball and make stuff happen when Curry's not because he was the only dude who's reliable out there. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the dynasty hangover where you kind of see it with teams where – Usually the Warriors are stacked with like vet minimum guys who are like Sean Livingston, Murray Spates, and they can kind of give you those solid minutes off the bench and they have a great second unit because of it. But after, you know, their playoff window is kind of shut for at least last season, everybody kind of, you know, went their separate ways, either retired or 
went on to greener pastures. So they don't really have that kind of dependable secondary playmaker anymore. They were using Juan Toscano and yeah. Damian Lee a lot. And it was just, you know. Michael Mulder showed a bit. Maybe he had himself some minutes. But yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it was it was really tough. I just, even when the game, I mean, the second quarter, the Warriors only got outscored by three. But I mean, the offense was just so rough. I, I never really thought that they were able to make a legitimate comeback because they they weren't getting good shots. They were. It just seemed way too right. hard every single down the court, every single time down the court for the Warriors. One positive, I, yeah, yeah, and you think oh, it. No, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, you'd think theoretically it'd be so easy for them to just be like Curry and Wiseman pick and roll all day, but I guess until you have Draymond Green back and Kelly Oubre is a respectable shooter as well as Andrew Wiggins on that night, like they can't have this floor space because there's no one's going to be that attached to their man. And they're just going to, you know, crowd the paint where Wiseman's either going to get dumped off to or Curry's, yeah. you know, driving. Yeah, yeah. and uh, before we go on to the Nets, we got to talk about Wiseman for a bit because he was it for the Warriors. You know, he's a guy who had no training camp, essentially, because he was out for kind of undisclosed reasons. But nevertheless, didn't really participate. No preseason. Barely played college basketball. And I thought he looked super talented. I, I mean, he did – he. It was pretty interesting to watch. It seems like he still doesn't know what his niche is. Like a couple times he's pulling out this hook, sweeping across the, the lane that missed terribly. He tried a little one-footed Dirk step back thing that didn't go well. But he's got a lot of talent and he moves very well. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. You know, the shot looks promising. Defensively, I thought he was good too. He, was, he served as a, a nice rim protector for them. I liked what I saw from Wiseman. I know you did. Yeah, too. he doesn't. I was a big Wiseman guy. He he doesn't know he's a rim runner, rim protector right now, but that's kind of his role year yeah. one. We saw like his shot creation, not creation, but like his shot taking. It was decent. Some of them were kind of long range twos, which was very questionable. But yeah, I mean, we were both kind of high on Wiseman. I always compared him to like a stronger, I don't know if he's bigger, but he's essentially bulkier than Mitchell Robinson because they essentially play the same kind of style, but his range and his shot are like a lot more reliable than Mitch's because just straight out the gate. So if you're starting with that, that's a pretty good mound of clay. Yeah. I think, and I think he moves really well, just simple stuff. You know, he was, he was catching balls off of, he had a couple pick and roll runs where he's catching the ball a few, a few steps out, making strong finishes, you know, for, for a seven foot one dude who's 19, 20 years old and has limited competitive basketball. I was, Incredibly impressed. But that's the, that's the Warriors. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's very easy for him. Yeah. Let's talk about Nets for a second, Phil. I'm with you. There's not a whole lot to take away. Like, li- listen, they played well. I don't want to make it sound like the Warriors just laid there and the Nets had an easy win. I mean, they had to go out and earn it. They... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Where, where are you going, man? You know where I'm going, but... Careful, careful, careful. <laughs> the... I don't know. They made. They, I mean, they made the shots they need to make. The biggest thing that stuck out to me with Broken was, it really showed that this team is just so deep. They, I mean, they they, they yeah. threw that second unit out and it looked good. It looked good. It was interesting to see Steve Nash's rotation. He didn't stagger Durant and Kyrie's minutes at all. That's not going to last against the really really good teams. You, you can't afford to just go five on five off because you're going to have to play one of them 
for most times, I think. Right. But he went straight platoon swap, essentially. Threw that second unit out with Karras, who was playing very well. Durant looks great. Again, I'm not going to make crazy, bold not going to crown them No, yet. because, listen, Durant was running up and down the floor, and it looked nice, but we still have to kind of see when the stakes get a little higher. Not, not even the stakes, like because I'll judge it based off regular season games, but the intensity gets a little higher. The game gets into clutch time. Maybe he sees some double teams. You know, it, it, it seemed really easy for Brooklyn, and that's a lot of credit to them, but we still have to wait and see. But we're but yeah, right. I mean, Golden State as they were, they were not that great of a defensive unit walking out last night or two nights ago. So you kind of got to have that in the back of your mind. There's really no one, granted, there's no one really faded or well, well supplied to guard Durant. But I think even last night, Wiggins or Ubre are not, you know, they're kind of a level below the average. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But Hey, Brooklyn looks good. I know me and you both like Brooklyn a lot. We both think they're winning the East. I, when they're when they're right, I think this team is just full of talent. It's kind of similar to the Clippers situation last year in a in a way where they have their their two superstars, but they still managed to keep the core before them that was still solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just makes it just makes yeah, for no. a really good roster. I think. It looks better than the Clippers just because I think it makes more sense in terms of fit. I think Karis LeVert makes a little more sense than like a Lou Williams who has struggled in the playoffs and you couldn't really play with those other guys. But told you he's my sixth hey, man. I was with you. It's either him or Dinwiddie. Seems like Dinwiddie's Din- starting. So Dinwiddie, Karras Dinwiddie was the nod. only guy really that struggled. He he couldn't really find his footing with Durant and Irving. It, it, he kind of looked a little bit lost. Yeah. But game one, we'll see what happens. Overall, nothing to complain about if you're a Nets fan. And they got a big-time matchup on Christmas against the Celtics, so that would be a lot of fun. Ooh yeah. la la. Speaking of, um, actually, to just kind of wrap that up, do you think Steve Kerr's coaching is going to become more problematic as things get on? Because we've seen him coach when things yeah, are dandy, yeah. and he's just doing his rah-rah thing. But when he actually gets into X's and O's, we don't know exactly like his capabilities. And it seems like the Warriors are going to need a lot more leadership and guidance. It's an interesting point year. for sure. Like, I don't think anybody's expecting this Warriors team to be in the top four in the West, but it's a big disappointment if they don't make the play-in, per se. You know, like, if they fall out of that top ten. They don't get those yeah, insurance spots. That, yeah. that, that's not a good look. I know that the roster's not super deep, but you still have Stephen Curry. You still have – I mean, Kelly Uber didn't play well, but he's a legitimate NBA guy. Wiggins, we know he has talent. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. There is a definitely a little bit more of a microscope on Kerr. And he's got his work cut out for him a little bit more. He can't just roll the ball out and tell Durant, Clay, and Curry to do their thing. So, seat's getting a little hot. It's 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 got a lighter under it right now. But I don't think he's getting get fired no because you're just, you, I no, mean, I don't think so. Him and Curry, either, but... I think, are just inseparable at this point. Like that's just those are your two guys. But yeah, hopefully, open for more. People might start to see his his actual yeah game more room for scrutiny for sure. Let's go on to the nightcap yeah. for that game. Clippers, Lakers. It's hard to even really make a statement about the Lakers because I'm just tired of talking about LeBron's team in the regular season, but we'll talk about it anyway. Clippers end up winning, and I'm not going to change my pick about the Lakers or win the title based on this, but I think it's a nice little confidence boost. It's, it's a nice little calling. confidence boost for the Clippers. You know, underratedly, they're 3-2 and two against the Lakers over the last two seasons. Just throwing it out there. And... 
Paul George played great. That's always good for him because, you know, he needs all the confidence in the world. I like what I saw out of Serge Ibaka as well. And, yeah, Clippers took care of business. Do you have anything to add to this game? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to talk about the Clippers and the Lakers until it gets to playoff yeah. time. But. There's not a lot to go off of. I mean, PG got what's his, and the Lakers were down 20, but they came back well within the second quarter. And the only reason they kind of – that lead the Clippers had, which was like five to six throughout the entirety of the second half, was through PG's like, what were we up, 31, 32? 33, excuse me. So, um, I mean, PG is – that kind of production, I would assume, is unsustainable. I don't think it would be an argument with most people. But if they don't get that kind of relative production from him or anybody, they're going to lose those kind of leads that the Clipper or the Lakers evaporated within a quarter. And, I mean, what was Kawhi doing? He was a little quiet. Yeah, I mean, he was really off from three. He was one for eight from three. But by the yeah. end, he got his footing. And he made he made a couple big-time mid-range shots. Once he gets to his spots, he's – he knows what to do. Interesting that yeah, – did you notice the fades. triangle action? There was some triangle uh, – there was some triangle talk. I, I really didn't pick up any triangle. I knew there was triangle talk. but I don't I know. I, I don't – I barely – I've seen enough from Phil Jackson's Knicks to, to not see any triangle. I barely even understand night, the triangle, but I noticed a little bit of Kawhi they, – they do that cut where Kawhi pretty much just goes across the baseline and he gets that post – kind of coming across and he yeah. like starts out the touch with the, the guy on his back. And, you know, that that's a good spot for him. I yeah. guess that's kind of triangle-esque because you have the him on the block and then it's yeah, like a no, spread right. triangle where – I don't know. But nonetheless, not a bad thing for the Clippers. You, you want to win the game and it's a nice start. It's a nice start to the season. No, yeah. well, As we were saying before, Baca is a great addition and – if they're going to run the triangle, they need someone on that low or high post like Pow, and Ibaka's probably one of the best suited bigs right now for it. Yeah. Besides like Jokic. Lakers-wise, LeBron and AD, uh, I don't feel like talking about them. They, they didn't play great, but at the same time, like, whatever. Uh, I, th- I thought Wesley yeah. Matthews and Marcus Gasol were both bad, but Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell were both good. So that's just my takeaway. I didn't expect much out yeah. of Wes Matthews. I never really see like whenever I see Wes Matthews, I'm not really, not really like oh he's gonna he's gonna pop. Also, you kind of expect Marcus Hall to be a little sluggish. My matchup is also just a horror show. If they when they play again, you, yeah, they they can't do that because it was, it didn't work. But Clippers Lakers, whatever. We'll be talking about them enough throughout the course of the season. I don't need to go too far into the weeds with them. Let's talk Knicks Phil. Little Knicks. Yes. Quick question though. Quick, okay, no, no, quick no, no, question. Quick question. You, you sped by okay, before cool. I could go. We're going to give some love to All THT. Right. Is The Lakers are kind of absent of like that secondary playmaker when they go to the bench. I thought they were going to have someone else coming in, and then Schroeder would be the, the sixth man kind of running the second unit. He's their starting point guard. Where does that leave them with secondary playmaking? I know LeBron and AD are kind of going to be on the court when the other one's not, but – what do you think is going to happen when they need someone else to kind of play make? Cause we saw how Rondo does or LeBron does when Rondo's on the court with him. Yeah. Well, I, I know that Dennis is starting, but you're still going to get a lot of Dennis minutes, I think without LeBron. So he's an option. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, he, he was really good. I don't know. They're still going to rely on Caruso for some of that stuff. THT. They're going to give, they're going to give him a shot. Yeah. I, I, I guess you're, I guess you're just kind of, so because so that's, the Ron, that's the, that's the Rondo gap, I guess. That's the Rondo hole they're trying to fill, is what you're saying? 
that's who they had last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, we'll see. Those are Rondo de- definitely does All something right. that they don't have precisely, but I think Shooter just adds an element that is an X factor all in itself. Yeah, no. Shooter's a better version of Rondo right now, but Rondo is still a good playmaker when they needed it with LeBron in like the second unit. Yeah, I'm just definitely something to watch. All right. Now we can go to the next Yes. Atlanta, yes. if you will. My favorite. All right, so you can start. I don't know. Take this any direction you want. Pro- promising, I would say. I mean, the bright spots of the game were RJ and kind of Mitch. And then it was kind of opposite as RJ was doing really well in the first half. He kind of got iced in the second, whether it be Alfred or Julius, whatever. Julius played a good game, but Mitch had a tough first half getting foul call. I think he got three in either the first quarter or by the time it was the second quarter. And then the second half kind of put it together and was able to stay on the floor. And when he's on the floor, he's pretty productive on both ends. So, yeah, there were bright spots from both sides, but the second half overall, they just couldn't get a bucket. I think they had 16 points in the third quarter. It was like 27 to 16, maybe. Some, it was close to that, so it was just, you know, tough on that end. Yeah, the second half in general was just really bad. I, honestly, I don't think any, I don't think anybody played well yeah. in the second half. But yeah, Mitch yeah, Mitch, decent I, I thought Mitch played a good game. I, you know, even when he had to, I thought that second foul call on him was terrible when he blocks a bonus. The first one was an offensive on Sabonis. Yes, yes. And the second one, I yes, thought, also yes. thought was yeah, I thought that was clean. The first one, yeah. I, I thought it was too, but whatever. It's, you know, those calls happen, I guess. The second call. It's kind of the problem with yeah. when you're foul prone or like you're someone that gives a lot of fouls, like refs have the perception that. Like, yep. uh, the the only bad play he made was he, he bit on a pump fake on Sabonis. And I think that was a foul. But yeah, outside of that, I thought he played pretty yeah. solid. I mean, Sabonis is a really tough matchup. RJ played great. He, I mean, three for three from three. That's fun. Obviously in the second half. He missed. He missed like two shots total. Yeah, two I think or three total, right? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Very not a lot to complain about. I mean, he's his finishing looks really good right now. That, that was the threes yeah, are one all yep, with the right. Yep, hand. A lot like, of strong finishes going into the body. Like that's what he's got to do. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be able to get into the paint, and he's either got to draw fouls or be able to finish those tough takes. So that was extremely promising. I thought Julius Randle played a really good game. You know, I know he turned the ball over a bit, but I thought he also made a lot of good passes. Yeah, I, I think didn't... him and Alfred had like nine or ten turnovers. They did, they did, but I, Alfred was horrific. I can't stand watching him, but I, I cannot can't <laughs> argue with you on that. But I thought Julius played all right for the most part. Quickly getting hurt is a bummer. You know, that's he got some minutes. I think he would have continued to get yeah, minutes. That's tough, but it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit, probably a week or two. You know, presumably Frank will take some of those minutes, I guess. He played last night, but I don't know, Phil. I'm telling you, the the Frank Island is running out of resources over here. All right, we're, we're putting, yeah, we're putting we, up the we red are, flag. We're down to our last coconut. We need help. We need help in the, in the form of a pull-up jumper. We need it now. Uh, his minutes were pretty we, uninspiring, we, if I'm going to be honest. Stand still at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, his defense. Even stay in front of TJ McConnell for some of it. He was letting him, he was sleeping on his backdoor cuts. It was like, geez, like the one thing you're known for being good at, like you're not really sticking to. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't do much for me. Yeah. Guys, guys who played the best, RJ Barrett. I thought Julius works. 
coming off the bench and giving us exactly what yeah, we Alex needed. Alex Burks is great. Yep. Yeah. Can I ask you if you think this Julius Randle role, as in like a playmaker, low, you know, not going to score, but he'll take what the offer defense gives him. Do you think this sustains, or do you think Julius is going to go back to getting what's his? I have I mean, my opinion. I mean, I think you I know mean, history says it won't sustain, but okay. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully. You know, I, I do think that he, he – like, if he wasn't on the court last night, it would have been atrocious. I mean, we need we need somebody to Agreed. physically compete down there because the Pacers are a tough team down low. I think that – we'll talk Pacers a little bit, I think, because, I mean, even when they did the opening kind of lineup and they showed the two starting fives, I mean, the Pacers got a good starting five. If everything works there – Pacers are slept yeah. on. They're very solid. And Old Depot played well. He played within himself. TJ Warren's out of shape. Let's not forget that. Yeah, he didn't look good. He had a tough night. But even their bench is decent. I think McDermott's nice, you know, bring off of the pine and give you some scoring. Yeah, I mean, don't forget about Justin Holiday. He can do essentially what McDermott does, just better standstill shooter. Yep. Yeah, so – Listen, the Knicks, they competed for a while. It fell off the rails in the second half. We got some good performances. I was most disappointed, honestly, in Obi. And I know that he's a rookie and it's his first. But continue to grow. And it's not just because he's not putting up numbers. Oh, my God. <laughs> you. I'm just... I don't, am I am I being ridiculous, Phil? Your favorite child. It's crazy. What? I'm just really scared. I mean, he's still. I think he's still figuring it out. I I don't think you need to be that scared. Realistically, where we picked, you can't expect like an all star unless it's there's like a five percent chance you can get like an all star out of like or no. I there was some statistic we read. I showed you on some website from some uh, very reliable NBA analyst, and with the eighth pick. You're looking at, I think it's a 20, 18 to 20% chance of an all-star. It, it At first overall pick, it goes 50-50, and then it just steeply drops after that. So, first of all, the expectations analytics-wise are, are, should be lower. Yeah. Second of all, we should be happy at this point that we have role players. Because as we've seen before, Knox is looking all right, but he struggled the first two years. Frank is not proven to be anything right now on the court. So, our draft picking isn't really that good right now. We should be happy if we can get some kind of role person that can at least contribute in some way. Because the last two years we haven't gotten that. I get it. I get it. I'm 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 concerned that he's even a role guy is my thing because listen, it's all it's yeah, only I mean, one it's game, possible. but I'm just looking I'm just looking at the skill set and struggling to see where it fits. I'm really rooting for him, but the jumper, even though he made three of seven of them, one of them was a bank. And overall, I don't think it looks as good as it was advertised. He shoots this crazy, yeah, he shoots this crazy moon ball you're that right. is just not, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to shoot. He can't put the ball on the floor and defensively obviously is not where it needs to be. So, right. As, as you were saying before, he does need to play the center spot, like defensively and offensively. That's his only niche for his specific skill set because he's kind of like a jankier john collins i I honestly think he got too many minutes i I thought i thought knox even though knox wasn't good i i would have given knox more minutes than he you know Toppin got 24 and knox got 18 i I don't know i personally would have given kevin more of a chance i mean we couldn't hit a shot in the second half that's just me though i don't know yeah i don't know his I think the whole thing with like the rotations, 
is tough because Obi's going to need to be in the dunker spot very early on in the season. And he's still figuring out like the speed, like he's trying passes on the baseline that are just getting like picked off with ease because he's not used to, I guess, NBA player speed and length. And then when he's getting by people going to the rim, he thought he could just go up for an easy layup. But Miles Turner, after, after he got by his guy, I forget who it was, he thought he was just going up for a layup. And then Miles Turner was there to just like block it, you know, send it back. So I don't know. It's just like stuff like that where he's going to have to learn. If he just does like an easy dump off to Mitch, then it's just going to help him. Yeah. It's going to be a lot better than going up yourself or whatever. Yeah, they ran that lineup. I, th- I forget exactly when. It might have been in the second quarter. It-, it produced fine, but it was Obi and Julius together. And we'll see how long that works because personally, I yeah, think that's. There's been very bad returns. I don't that. know if that's going to work. <laughs> Same thing with Bullock and. Um... I think it was Bullock and Burks. They tried to run that for a while, and that was when the game got away from them. It also let's it let's call it out. Just Phil, I think quarter. the game really got away from them when Randall went to the bench with his third foul. You know, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just listen, I I I really liked Randall's game last last night. I feel like you thought he was Randall had yeah. a good game. He played within himself. For and RJ two. with the beautiful stat line of twenty six eight and five, one turnover too. That's fun. One turnover. Although really, I yeah. think it should have been two. I think the game got away. I think the game got away when they put Burks and Bullock in the like one and two spot, and then RJ was the three. They had no like definitive ball handler, except for RJ. But they didn't even yeah, let him yeah, bring it yeah, up. Yeah, I do remember know? that. That was my that was my plight. Yeah, but overall, could have been worse. Right. Could have been yeah, worse regardless. for game one. We saw some night performances, and I think we're gonna struggle. Knicks are competitive. We're gonna struggle with strong front courts because they're they're going to target Mitch and Nerlens in the low post and it doesn't get any easier on Saturday against Joel Embiid so <laughs> All right Phil so after the Knicks game sadly concluded Knicks lost by 14 Yeah a little channel surfing little channel we go surfing. To TNT check out the end of the Celtics Bucks Celtics end up winning on a crazy Jason Tatum buzzer beater. No, actually not buzzer beater. Sorry. They, he... No, because there's 0.4 seconds beater. left. Buzzer, and then Giannis beater. gets the phantom foul on the inbound. Yeah, it was what was <clears throat> what was the thing they used to give the Bucks in the bubble? It was like know, malicious whatever, intent. Whatever it was. Yeah, he goes that, one that for two. Malarkey. Sad, sad, sad. Celtics. Giannis walks off the court. No yeah, Celtics won on the back of two monster performances from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I believe they both scored 30-plus. I'll double-check that. But that's what the Celtics are going to need. Yeah, um, Tatum Yes, Tatum was slow to start from the parts of the game I watched after because, you know, we missed most of it for the next game. But Tatum had a slow start, but he got cooking late. And although he was inefficient from the stat, from the stat sheet, you can see that, you know, he was just took yeah, a minute to yeah. you know so, get going. But Jalen was good throughout. He was just a great yep, two-way player. Jalen giving you 33, Tatum giving you 30. We're staff for Tatum, no free throw attempts. But that's kind of what the Bucks do. They're going to give you those threes. Tatum ends up taking 13 threes, makes six of them. And the Celtics win on the backs of those two. Also, big-time performance from Jeff T, giving you a 4-for-4 four four from the three-point line. I didn't watch the whole game, True, but yeah, the end, yeah. and it seemed like the Celtics are just kind of going to live and die with those two guys, which is what they're going to need to do. 
In terms of the Bucks, it seems as if Drew Holiday is definitely an offensive upgrade. He had a nice. Is he their second guy? Is he better than Chris Middleton? That was the argument I was having myself last night. Him, and Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis all big time games. Giannis thirty five points, Middleton twenty seven, Holiday twenty five. So, I mean, what else can you expect out of that? The bench was pretty quiet. <laughs> Twelve points combined, and <laughs> yeah, I guess that's gonna be their weak spot. You would think. I mean, nope, no playing time for Tory Craig, which is surprising for me. Yeah, I saw him on the yeah, bench. Yeah, so okay. that's gonna be the question mark, especially for Brent Forbes got those especially late, for a coach like late Bud who likes to play his guys, but also something I want to point out, and I, I didn't have to watch the whole game to notice this, but just looking at the box score, you know, the minutes are heavy for those starters. Holiday playing 38, Middleton 38, Giannis 36. I mean, Giannis wasn't even getting 36 minutes in the playoffs. So do you think this maybe signals a change in the way Bud's going to go about this season? He's just going to, he's going to ride the horses and that's that. I think it's possible last year they had a lot more depth, I guess you would say, but now they have more front-end depth where they have like Tory Craig and Bryn Forbes essentially <clears throat> coming off the bench and then nobody else. Like they essentially have seven solid players, but last year they had, you know, maybe eight, maybe nine solid players because they had Robin Lopez and blanking on his name. But regardless, their bench depth is – Stronger in smaller yeah. numbers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, Divincenzo now is starter, and he makes he makes three threes. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't watch the whole game, so it's hard for me to really say exactly what happened. But from what I, what I did see, it looked like Giannis was definitely imposing his will. Seven turnovers is a big number, though, and I think a lot of them were charges. So that's gonna have to get cleaned yeah. up. But yeah. We're going to see the Bucks on Christmas against the Warriors, so that, that's going to be a tough one for the Warriors. <laughs> I feel like that'll be a little – yeah, that might be a tough one. Urson, I was ah, talking Urson, about missing yes, my boy but... Urson Ilyasova. And Marvin Williams, yeah. actually. They lost – But I'm, I'm very excited for the Celtics-Nets game. That's going to be fun. And I think that's – the Celtics are going to come with more of a game plan for the Nets. Yeah, that'll be that, a good game. Be a good one, so – yeah, Kyrie's gonna have he's gonna have his incense. And oh, he's gonna he's gonna, gonna, go gonna stage that thing up. Yeah, put on a shower. All right, so <laughs> I we'll talk other games for a quick minute. I I did watch the whole the entirety of the Mavs Suns game, and that was an interesting one. Actually, it was on ESPN. I couldn't find it on the TV. Excuse me. I know. I looked on TNT. I'm like, they're not doing the next game. I think it's on NBA yeah, TV. Look, like, all right, I'll just go to bed then. Turned turned in early like an old man. TNT to ESPN, but it was a pretty interesting game actually. The Suns, I thought outplayed Dallas for most of the game, but didn't win by much. And it it took some last few minute heroics actually. Aiden's in foul trouble. Chris Paul was kind of working his way in a little bit, kind of cold. But overall, Phoenix looked good. I thought that McCall Bridges played probably the game of the night plays really good defense. He might be an underrated dude that we're kind of forgetting about. Cam Johnson came off the bench games production as well. But in terms of Dallas, Phil, this game, and again, it's one game. I don't want to make it seem like I'm correct already or we're correct already. 
But I think this right. is just a team that's going to struggle early on, especially without Porzingis. I saw last night when Luka Doncic was not handling, their offense was at a loss. And it kind of similar to the Golden State situation where there's guys around them that you would think are going to produce, but at the same time, they're not entirely consistent. Guys like Tim Hardaway and Josh Richardson, who played a solid game, but, you know... I. It, He's not going to give you the spacing Seth yeah, Curry would Yeah, and is he like your second ball handler? I don't know. That seems like a lot to ask of him. Jalen Brunson was probably their second most productive player. He was good coming off the bench. Luka wasn't great, but that's kind of my point. Unless Luka is great, are they going to be able to do it night in and night out without reliable other options? I mean, Phoenix turned the ball over, I think, twice as much as Dallas did, and they were still up eight and a half. So... I just have concerns about this team without Porzingis going forward. I know you do too. Yeah, no, I mean, essentially you wrapped it all up with a nice little bow. Very good timing for Christmas Eve. But Lucan does need to represent on the floor and just, you know, do his thing. And he needs to do it a lot more than just the average. Like he, he needs to average probably while Porzingis is out for however long, probably upwards of like 30 points a game. And he needs to be facilitating and then you have to hope that someone in the secondary unit last night was Jalen Brunson and keep it competitive, but is he going to be able to do that every night? Just, you know, compete and produce. Yeah. Yeah. Cause their second unit is. Wonky. Yeah. It's not great. And I, I said all year, I, I didn't love the, the Seth Curry trade. I know that they like Tyrell Terry and a lot of. Hated yeah. it. it terrible. <laughs> and I know choice. a lot of people like Tyrell Terry and they thought he was a nice second round pick, but I don't know. Like you got Luka Doncic and, and I know he's young, but you got a team that can compete now and in the next year or two. Tyro Terry didn't even play last night. And where, you know, the shooting, the shooting yeah, isn't really ask. there right now. They were nine for 37. Josh Richardson, two for seven from three. Dorian Finney Smith, one for six. Cleaver was one for uh, two for seven. I don't know. Like, this team did so well last year, especially in the bubble. In those games, Porzingis didn't play. Spread the offense out wide. Left Luke could do pick and roll and just spray him out with shooters all around. And you lost a big-time shooter in Seth Curry and replaced him with a serviceable yeah. but not highly reliable one in Josh Richardson. So I didn't love that swap, and I think it's going to hurt them in a few games. Yeah, I think it's really going to reflect with Philly. They're going to have a lot more consistent three-point shooting and Seth Curry. People really don't attribute a lot of it to Seth Curry, but really the Mavs had such a great offense last year because Luka was able to sit and they did have Seth Curry either shot creating for himself or letting Jalen Brunson drive and kick and he could just, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Seth Curry, I don't want to make out like he's some kind of all-star guard, but he's he's also a very, he's very capable. No, yeah. Respect, yeah, respect he's a, too, he's a capable but... second unit guy as well. You know, like right now they're bringing the second unit in and they're it's just Trey Burke and Jalen Brunson. And I like both those guys, but I don't know. The depth isn't really there. And I don't think talent is really there outside of Luka. So we're going to see where this team goes. I mean, next two games are Clippers and Lakers. It gets a little bit easier after that, but don't be surprised if this team starts 0-3. <laughs> you could, yeah. And we're we're just watching our oh, draft It's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> you know, hey, as long as... The Knicks might not win, might not win a lot, but we'll have Dallas to root against, which will be a little, a little fun, I guess. And I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm waiting on someone to give us a late first for Alec Burks. That's possible. my prediction. It's going to be, I don't know if the Bucks gave up their first round pick this year for Drew, but Bucks probably are going to want him. 
my sneaky pick is the Raptors because they're going to want someone, you know, some kind of offensive hub in the guard situation because I don't think Kyle Lowry is going to produce as much as, as he used to. Fred VanVleet, I don't know how he's going to look. Having yeah. Mark Burks there is like a dependable shooting option. That could be a very good reason. I mean, Milwaukee Finn, Flynn's pretty good, but we don't know how we're seeing for a full, you know, regular Yeah, with season. Toronto, I'm not high on Toronto. Yeah. Off topic, I mean, I think yeah. we, we, we could segue into a quick Toronto discussion, honestly, though, because I'm not super high on Toronto. I had them as my eighth team in the East. They had a pretty rough loss to the Pelicans last night. Again, I didn't watch that game, so I don't know exactly what happened, but just going off from what I read and some of the box score stuff, you know, they rely a lot on those two guards. And Van Fleet gave them three for 12 from the field, nine points. That ain't going to get it done. I don't know. This this team's going to be in an interesting spot. I, I think they got big-time downgrades with the front court. I've said this at nauseum. Yeah. And I think people are going to realize it. Serge Ibaka is tailor-made for this team. They're bringing Baines. They're bringing Alex Len. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how good this team is going to be in this season. I don't love the roster, so I'm not sure if they're going to be a guy like Alex Burks for a first round pick is my concern. But I don't, I don't disagree with your premise. I think Burks. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying, but I think they're trying to compete. As we were talking about before, like Father Time is really going to hold back Kyle Lowry's minutes at some point. I think this year, maybe next, is starting where we're going to see his decline, and you're going to have to weigh or lean a little bit more on Fred VanVleet as opposed to Kyle Lowry being higher up and kind of being more dependent on for points. It's going to be Fred's time to shine and Kyle's going to be a secondary guard that can score, but I don't think that's going to be as good as we would expect it to be, or it was when Kyle Lowry was on top. So they're probably going to try to compete and look for somebody that they can add easy off the deadline and keep their scoring afloat. Cause that's really their problems. Defensively, they're going to be all right, but I think offensively they're going to struggle. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, Phil, we could go, Games, but it's night one. We'll have plenty of time to talk to the other teams. I think that's good for now. Yeah, Lamelo didn't score. We'll just leave that there. Lamelo didn't score. Uh, before we go, what game are you most excited for on Christmas? Christmas, probably Nets and Celtics. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm definitely with you on that one. Yeah, it's like it's probably going to be very entertaining. Lakers and Mavs will maybe be good, but I feel like the Luca thing will. He'll probably put on a great show, yeah. but. Listen, I always like the Lakers are just way too overpowered. Yeah, I like watching LeBron, but I'm just not that interested in him in the regular season this year. You know, just yeah, I mean, just, he just did have his... something with his ankle, so maybe he he might not even play. Ugh, that suck. Well, ankle, some, some. Eh. Yeah, AD, AD, show. AD beast mode, maybe. Yeah, that could be fun, I guess. Maybe. I mean, it's Dwight Powell. It's an Achilles torn Dwight Powell. So. Yeah, Dallas. I mean, they they were playing Willie. How they were playing Willie Collystein last night in the fourth quarter. I I don't know. It's, All right, it's Phil. looking good. We'll it see. could turn around, we'll but see. for now, yeah. We good? Are we good? All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week for some more NBA Hoops Talk. As always, if you like the pod, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor app for all of our other episodes. Check us out on Twitter at HoopsGroupPod. Check out a YouTube video, Keldon Johnson. Big mm. o- big opener for Cody Johnson, Phil. Starts 32 the minutes, 16 is, points. The island is closing. The island is getting – I mean, we got a lot of ferries coming in. We're fruitful. Ask, we have a lot things. of resources. Yeah. I don't know if we can let can them we in. Send, we can we send some resources over to Neil Kena Island? 
I don't think that's allowed. They have no Kentucky blue blood connection. Uh, Maybe we could look at Calvin Johnson coming over with Kenny Payne, blue blood connection. That would be awesome. Maybe he finds his way over. That would be awesome. Well, yeah. Check- Maybe we just run a 15-man Kentucky lineup. No. Check that video out. Follow us on Twitter. Yes. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.